You are listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. All right. So, what a week. Good to be with you all. (laughs) That's not how the first line of my sermon went when I wrote it early last week, but it's where we are now. So, um, lots of love to everybody during this week, and I just say... Um, keep your seats, uh, keep breathing. Um, And I was reminded when I called a minister friend of something, a phrase I used to hear in seminary a lot. And so I offer it to you. Remember who you are and whose you are, especially as we reflect on the baptism this week. So it's about that point in the year when our New Year's resolutions may or may not be sticking No judgment. Mine lasted about 32 hours into the new year before I made an excuse for why I needed a break from such stringent resolutions as eat a vegetable or drink water before coffee or how about just one almond bear bear claw instead of three this week. Past New Year's resolutions of mine have included eat more of this, eat less of that, do more of this, Uh, definitely do way less of that, go there more, buy that less. Sometimes my New Year's resolutions are about other people, more friends, better friends, yoga friends, no more yoga friends, friends with benefits, jobs with benefits, etc. You get the point. Sometimes my resolutions are mostly focused on myself. More journaling, less gossiping, more to-do listing, less serial killer podcasts, more serious theological podcasts. But mostly my New Year's resolutions start from the place of not enough. Not enough time, not enough money, not enough love, Not enough me. Not enough me to get enough time, money, or love. Not enough time, money, or love to have a whole me. Just not enough. And so I find myself addicted to the energy of a New Year's resolution. And yet every year that I've made one, just about 10 days in, I quietly pack my New Year's resolution away with the Christmas ornaments and pretend like I never made one in the first place. This strategy helps me to ignore the embarrassment of not even being able to go 10 days on a resolution. So I just want to say, whatever your resolution was this year, whether or not you've kept it perfectly or at all, We love you, I love you, and you are enough. Which is, coincidentally, exactly what this baptism story is about. You see, the thing with resolutions, the thing with trying to start from not enough on January 1st and trying to end up with just enough maybe on December 31st or even January 31st is that it's just not a very good spiritual engine. 
I'm trying to start with not enough and get to beloved by God through my New Year's resolutions, when in fact, Jesus and John and God herself shows us that beloved is where we begin. Jesus also has this kind of implicit prescience that makes him seem a little magical. In other words, he knows how his story will end, and he knows before he begins all the work he must accomplish in the middle. He knows the hearts and minds he must change. He knows just how rocky the path will be. Many a time does he predict his own future, whether or not the disciples believe him. And so the very first thing he does before any teachings or miracles or even a single loaf for a single follower is to go to the river, get baptized, and claim his belovedness. He is saying to us, we must begin with beloved. We must begin with not just enough, but more than enough. Beloved by God, after being dipped in the city sewage river by a sort of madman who wore camel hair shirts, no less. Also, kind of an interesting side note, in the medieval depictions of Christ being baptized, the river rises up to meet him. The fish leap to surround his body, and he does rather seem to be clothed in a pretty delightful river dress. It's a sermon for another time, but some do say that Jesus is really God in drag, though that's a whole world of theology altogether. And not to say you're multitasking right now, but if you happen to be, just go ahead and look it up. It's very cool. And of course, I couldn't let a sermon go by without getting a little nerdy with the Greek translation and making an attempt at a better understanding. So here's what we heard in the scripture. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. So let's look at some of these words loaded like a Coney Island hot dog. Words like wilderness, baptism, repentance, and sin. Repentance especially because many folks put that one directly in the way of our connection to belovedness. Or rather, they make it a very difficult step on the path when, in fact, it's something that happens to us as an act of God's grace. And, of course, Anne Lamott has the best definition of grace I've heard so far. She says, I do not at all understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets me where I am, but it does not leave me where it found me. And yes, I do believe that repentance is a kind of grace like this. Not something that we do, but something that happens to us. I'll get to that in a moment. But let's start with this word, wilderness. The Greek word for wilderness actually translates better as the lonely place. The place uninhabited by friends. The desolate place. And I've been to that place within myself. I call it the dry spell place when I'm talking to minister friends and asking if they know where God went when she just seemed so present. Baptism is a Greek word best translated as immersion 
to be immersed fully in something, to be totally surrounded by and held completely by something like water. But as I said, it is repentance that really interests me. The word in Greek is metanoia, which literally means the thing beyond or after thought, and which metaphorically means turning or conversion. In other words, repentance is about being moved beyond what we think and experiencing a conversion to the place beyond mental judgments, a place commonly known as the heart. And what are we being heart converted away from? Our sins, which in Greek, yes, one last Greek translation, thank you for your patience, comes from the word amartias, meaning a tragic flaw or more simply to miss the mark. That's all a sin is to Jesus, an error, missing the mark of where we hoped to go, which is, I believe, the heart. And so at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, before he performs a single miracle, he goes to a wild man who knows well the wilderness place of loneliness gets dipped in the city's wastewater river, experiences, along with all the others who have come to the lonely place, a conversion to the heart of God. So if we were to read this scripture in a different way, it might sound something like this. John the Dipper, the one who immerses, came to the lonely place, releasing people from the bondage of their heroic flaws, their errors, and the times they missed the mark, and immersing them in a conversion experience of passing beyond thought and into the realm of heart. Repentance is a grace we receive for free, not something we must do to earn God's love. In other words, God loves us first, and everything else is a response to that. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and so we must assume that this is where we start as well, with the absolute release from the bondage of our mistakes and the conversion to the experience of one beloved by God. Because baptism happens first, we realize that it is not that we must behave well in order to receive God's love, but that our actions are a response to God's love, God's forgiveness from the very beginning that immerses us in a new perspective, immerses us in a perspective of the heart. And it is from this place that we live, that we do our work, that we spread the Christian gospel, which is very simply to call ourselves beloved so that all may know they are beloved as well. This is where Jesus begins. This is how we are beloved by God, beginning in the waters of mercy and grace and starting with love from the heart, not strategies, judgments, or plans from the head. From this place, Jesus does his miracles, which are simply conversions of the heart over and over and over again for anyone who is willing to receive it. May it be so and amen.
You have been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org and click on Give.